Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. On this week's episode, the guys talk all about the NAR lawsuit outcome and what they think about it, all while enjoying Old Elk Straight Rye Whiskey. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks, powered by Living in Colorado, the Mile High Perspective on YouTube. My name is Charlie Sardelli, and as always, I'm here with... Jameson Amaros. <laughs> and Oscar Ibarra. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're, we've been laughing this whole time. And, and No, I, just, I had this thought <laughs> of the topic today is lawsuits, mm-hmm. and specifically against realtors. And I wanted to do... I was going to have you change the intro to say... <laughs> Real estate, you've been served on the rocks. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, Yeah. Pretty much. And guys, remember, we're a uh, podcast that talks about bourbon, reviews bourbon weekly, and we cover the real estate market and everything real estate, specifically for you, the consumer, to bring you the information and arm you to be ready to go into this weird market that we're existing in now. Mm -hmm. Um, And we... Honestly, we got lucky and uh, got hooked up with Old Elk in the past in the past couple of weeks. So if you're tuning in right now, uh, we got four bottles from Old Elk. Last week, we reviewed their straight wheat um, whiskey. And then this week, we're going to be reviewing uh, their rye, yep. um, their straight rye. And again, huge shout out, Old Elk. Just kind of a little, a little background on Old Elk again. <clears throat> they are a distillery based out of Fort Collins, Colorado, and they have accolades, I mean, Excuse me, but out the ass at the end of the up day. Up the wazoo. Up the wazoo. Easy. You want to say. Is that, but it's a straight right. Oh, <laughs> up the. <laughs> anyway. Post to their gay right. <laughs> but so today we're going to try their straight rye. And then uh, in the next two weeks, we have a couple more, um, two more bottles from them. And then we plan on doing kind of a bl- blind taste test between yep. all three. Yeah, See, thank but, you, old. Elk. Yeah, it, thank you guys. I've Seriously. never had it, and it's the, the other bottle. Was I was gonna say, yeah, the first bottle last week was, was great. I'm money. I'm, I'm interested to see you this week, though. I mean, I, I know we did the neck pour and everything, but obviously that's that's the neck pour. It's always hot. I I am interested to see how the rye goes, especially because Jameson, you mentioned it last week during the uh, the uh, the review. It, basically, I have a sweeter palate. You have a sweeter mm-hmm. palate, and ryes tend to be a lot more bitey, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more hot. Uh, the, on today's episode, the real estate topic that we're going to talk about is one that is buzzing, and I've gotten multiple messages about it. I know these guys have gotten multiple messages about it. It is the NAR lawsuit that um, realtors were found guilty for $1.7 billion in damages because they held commission rates high and conspired against the consumer. And you can hear in my tone how, how I feel about it. Um, but at the end of the day, honestly, guys, this is going to be a little bit less structured. You get to see three real estate agents drink some bourbon and, and talk about. Y'all the wanted to talk about it. We're gonna talk about we're it. We're gonna we gonna talk. We gonna it. talk about it. <laughs> I don't really sure. want to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, Oscar, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, Oscar, honestly, I'm I'm glad that you know, and honestly, this is where I'm. We have a lot of experience, mm-hmm. and then medium experience and brand new, right? And so it's I like that you're here to talk on this topic because so much of the the discussion around this is it is the status quo. This is how it's worked for so long, mm-hmm. and it has been it's been beneficial for both parties so i'm very interested for to hear your take on it and how and how you discuss it because it's like i said this is i i don't want to say unprecedented because i mean people have been coming after commissions for real estate agents yes. for years yeah. they've been coming after commissions in it, it's it's not new, yeah. it's not anything new there's been lawsuits in the past yeah. they've all been shut down mm-hmm. well um, and that's what i was going to say this is one of the first if yeah. not the first and that's why it's getting it. it's getting it first, a lot of yeah. a lot of uh, media mm-hmm. attention one there's more media platforms but yeah. Yeah. it's one that they that they've won but it 
it's it's getting appealed. Well, and so. it's the first one that went to the jury trial, right? You know, so it's, you know, you Which tried is by a jury. Stupid peers. decision, but, right? but anyway, and we'll get. I have, I have. And we are biased, on. but yeah. at the same time, no, I'm saying it was a stupid decision to let it go to a jury. Right. Trial. Yeah. Yeah. But again, we're gonna get into it. And and I like I like that, that, that <laughs> uh, you know I like that you say that in this weird market, you know, obviously yeah. as a realtor because the market's kind of weird to to go through, but at the same time. The market's always the market. It's always changing. So that's why it's important to get a realtor. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we get too, too into the, the NAR lawsuit conversation, um, like I said, on today's episode, we're going to be reviewing the Old Elk Straight Rye. And um, I'm honestly just the color of the bourbon itself. It is darker. Um, still, you know, on average, all of their bourbons are aged for six years. Um, and I know we gave last week uh, a good amount of information on Old Elk, but I want to go ahead and kind of focus in a little bit more on their rye while Jameson's pouring this out for us. Um, so this bill, that the, the mash bill that we're looking at now, like I said, obviously straight rye, so it's going to be a rye, a rye whiskey bourbon. Um, we're looking at 95% rye, 5% um, malted, malted rye, which interesting, hmm. right? Um, the cool part about this is... Um, we talked about it last week, and again, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Greg, if I mispronounce your name, but uh, Greg Ertz is the, uh, the master distiller, and he's been doing this for over 25 years. An interesting note that I like that they put in the description for this bottle is he made over 280 million bottles of rye whiskey before they decided to do this rye with Old Elk. Wow. Okay. So, you know, between 25 years, imagine being responsible for 280 million bottles of <laughs> of alcohol that's that, a whole lot that's yeah. a lot of podcasts <laughs> it's a lot of it's podcasts lot of podcasts that's for sure um and we talked about it i mentioned it earlier old yeah. elk is just they have you know if you if you if they were in the military their entire left side of their chest would mm -hmm. be full of medals with what they've earned um but this one specifically in 2020 it was voted the best american rye whiskey by the international whiskey competition um and there was two other accolades on there both um, I think it was a, a 96 point or 98 points um, in 2020 for the um, the World Spirit Competition. So fi a finalist in that competition. Okay. And um, what what's cool about Rise, and and I think you guys can you know you, you guys will kind of collude with me on this one is it's <clears throat> Rye is very specific. We always talk about how you know oh I, we could try this one for we can give this one to somebody who doesn't drink bourbon. Very rarely have I run into a Rye that I would give to somebody who doesn't drink bourbon. No, mm -hmm. absolutely not. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, rye, rye, it's a... It's an acquired It's taste. an acquired taste, more so than even bourbon. I mean, it's the, uh, bourbon's it's the, it's pretty the mellow. bourbons. Yeah, yeah You exactly. know, rye is up there with um, with whiskey, with American whiskey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, people think that bourbon is whiskey, and it's not. Mm -hmm. American whiskey will... I mean, Irish whiskey, any whiskey, mm -hmm. it's going to kick you in the teeth. Yep. Well, yes and no. There's some Irish whiskeys I've had. This is way off topic. Uh, like Jameson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you're Anything right. Anything that's like bias, huh? Yeah, Jameson? no, you're, you're right. Irish whiskeys. <laughs> yes no. Uh, triple, triple distilled, they tend to be a little bit smoother, but American whiskeys, yes. Yeah, and um, they're sour shit. They're very sour. They're very in your face. Yeah. Bourbons tend to be on the sweeter side. And rise are. They tend to be aged a little bit longer. Up there so. with whiskey, yeah. more so than Well, bourbon. and I, I like the fact that last week, the, the mash bill on the, on the weeded was 95% wheat. Mm-hmm. And then 5%. Now this is 95% rye. Yep. You know, so we're going from one end of the spectrum all the way back over you know, to the other. I don't think I have a, a rye that I that I sip on. Yeah. I, I just don't. Mm -hmm. um, ryes go into, you know, quality for a quality cocktail for me mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to use a rye um, in the Manhattan. 
Yes, every, that's every that's, that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rye and Manhattan's, even old fashions, yep. but more so Manhattan's mm-hmm. because the sweet vermouth tends to tone mm-hmm. all the madness of what yep. a rye is. Absolutely. Um, not not madness in a bad way either. No. Because I'll I'll, I'll take a, sours, uh, yeah, well I'll take mm-hmm. a Manhattan with a rye over a Manhattan with bourbon. Well, what was oh, the yeah. what was the the drink you were talking about with the egg whites? The a flip? whiskey sour, right? Yeah, whiskey sour real, yeah egg white. real whiskey sour. That would be. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. And and why you would use a rye with that specifically is because, as, as Oscar was saying, is ryes are, tend to be more bitter, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it's more of that rye grain, which doesn't have as much sweetness bite. to it. I would say bite. Yeah. But that the egg whites actually enhance the sugars mm-hmm. in whatever you have. So the, the syrups, the, the sweet and sour, and in in the bourbon. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be a... I think it'll be interesting to see how this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you guys heard that, heard that cough. This one, this one's a bit hot. It is hot. It, yeah, it is hot. Um, I will say though, the color on it is is spot on for what I would say a high rye would be, a high rye mash being darker. Um, last week, you know, I. You know, and, and again, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say I I don't I don't know a whole lot of about rye. I know mm-hmm. about rye, but. As far as my personal experience of drinking, mm-hmm. I don't drink rye knee or on the rocks. Yeah, so this is going to be fun and interesting because mm-hmm. I'd like to. The only other rye that I that I've I've had knee or on the rocks. Well, it was neat. Was the smoke wagon. Yep. Yeah. And their rye is spot on good. Oh yeah, yeah. Their rye. I would sip that. Very complex. The um, legs the on this rye. thing though for a rye is mm-hmm. kind of surprising. Absolutely, it's heavy. It, it is. It's, it's, it's consistent heavy. with the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the with the bourbon. Yeah. Which yeah. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. Bourbon. Which I don't mean. Yeah. Based on the neck port, so that's definitely not it. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's, let's uh, see. I'm interested on the nose. Give me, give, give me your, give me your nose. What you think about it? If you can breathe, uh, guys, this is very, it's, this is very hot. On I, the nose. Yeah, like, it's it's very hot on the nose. So like, it is it, it is a little bit the nostrils. Yeah, it's it's a little bit harder to to, to taste through, I guess, to, to to get it. But I mean, I get cinnamon. Yep. Definitely, definitely getting dried. Dried I can't. Fruit, dried apricots a The spice bit. is heavy. Yeah. yeah it's very the spice spicy. The burn is heavy. Um, there is a sweetness, though. I know. Yeah, I, I, I was saying dried. Like, some kind of dried, dried fruit. fruits, yeah. like apric- apricots. apricots or something. I will um, say, though, this one doesn't have as much of the barrel on the nose no. as, the, mm-hmm. as the weeded did. But now that, you're, now that you, you say cinnamon, it's yeah. more like not cinnamon sticks, but cinnamon like red hots. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like cinnamon candy. And I mean, just, like a like a like a... Li- not licorice. It's the wrong. Like no, like like a like. Oh man, what's Mike 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 and Mike's Mike and Ike's Mike and Ike's. But the red, red ones. Yeah, red, the red, 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 red Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Like red tamale. What did one they? Hot tamales. Hot tamales. Hot tamales. Hot tamales. Oh, welcome, there we go. We Jesus Christ. Try to, try to figure Jesus. out these flavors. Gotta go back to the days where we got dropped off at AMC <laughs> with a but with a bunch of my friends to go watch movies all night. Right. <laughs> Jesus. All night, lucky. My mom would drop me off at Illich Gardens with five bucks, and I was like, uh, I was like, buy a hot dog and a soda. Get out of here. I was like, oh, okay. You can, you can fit through the fence. <laughs> I, need a, I need a quarter to call you, though. Um, no, she, I, I would get the pay entrance. Just talking about pay phones. You know what, you know what I was going to do, though? No, we have, I guess we have JC's poor op- yeah. sitting open. So, um, I'll tell you right now, I already took a sip. I'm sorry. I, did, yeah. I, I went out of line. The neck pour was harsh. Yeah. yeah? Okay. It, was, it was good. But okay. it it actually. All right, I'm gonna ha- go ahead and get that. Remember, sip. I was like, I I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was too much. I mean, this is the first time all three of us are quiet after this. I mean, <laughs> um, it has um. I'm trying to breathe through it because that, that yeah. burn persists. Yeah. It, oh yeah. You 
initially, and it's not, it's, it's weird. It's it not, it's not alcohol, right? Cause alcohol, no. you'll, you'll have the, uh-uh. the burn on your tongue. Mm-hmm. It's, it comes in semi-neutral. I mean, we all have pretty yeah. callous palates for, for burning yeah. alcohol. So when it goes down, it starts, it's kind of like a, like a macy kind of burn, like mace, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. I was saying, I get, I, I get <clears> some on the back end, like sour, like a sour mash. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know I mean? And, um, I, I'm also getting, I don't know if you ever had like, um, those herb tinctures. My, yeah. my wife's very much into natural stuff. Yeah. And it has kind of like that strong. That dryness. Yeah. But that, that dark herb. Yeah. Kind of punt. Yeah. That's it's, not it's bad. It's almost sour where it pulls the moisture out. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and not in a bad way. Which if with most rise, that's what you're going to get is that, is that on your tongue, it feels like your tongue's absorbing it and it's, and it's, mm-hmm. I don't want to say harsh, but it's, it's almost, um, it's like a sour patch. Cake. It has a texture. It's like a sour patch. Cake. Yeah, it it's a, a very texture. herbal, like a like a very herbal aroma, aroma mm-hmm. finish. It, it it comes in somewhat neutral to me at least. Mm-hmm. It comes yeah, in somewhat you, neutral. If you keep it on your tongue for a little bit. It's it, all, it's not. Unbe- all, like it, not the it, the, I get the well, I get the sweetness back. Yeah, yeah. all the flavor is the in the in back. the in the back. Yeah, it comes the, in. No, it comes one, afterwards. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That, exactly mm-hmm. that the flavor from this and for me and let me know. For you guys think, but when I first take the sip, it's all spice. Yes. It, the, the first hit of the tongue is all spices. Um, and then you get, it kind of tailors off into what Oscar's talking about, that earthiness, that dryness sitting on the tongue. But then even just now, like the after breath and it's sitting, that sweetness is what sits. Take yeah, a I sip. still get that dried fruit in the back too. Take and a sip, just... keep it on your tongue and breathe through mm-hmm. your nose and keep it there for a while. It's it's weird. It's It's not really... A lot of flavor, yeah. And then once you drink it, then it comes in, mm-hmm. and you start breathing, and Which, then you, you start getting more out to of your, it. To you guys' point, I think, I mean, off just off the jump, this in some sort of Manhattan, I think, would complement it mm-hmm. really well because because it comes off neutral, it doesn't overpower the cocktail. But then when you start to sip it, then you get a little bit more of the like the delicacies of it. Yeah. Um, the but back end. for a for a ninety five percent rye, it is not as dry as I thought no. it would be. Mm-mm. And and I mean and even it is dry though. Yeah, it is dry. It's not that dry. Yeah, compared to compared to yeah, compared it's, to the wheat it's, 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 it's it, it, it night definitely and day. does the rye thing. Night and day. Yeah. The back end, the flavor that lingers would pair well with a good sweet vermouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So now that we kind of got the nose and the and the taste through. So the nose on this is going to be spice, mm-hmm. peach, yep. cinnamon, sugar. Ooh, okay. So yeah. Jameson, Jameson hit that one right on the nose. And I like this description that they gave because I, honestly, I didn't, I didn't really get this. Um, but, it, but again, it was pretty hot. Is peach cobbler with vanilla ice cream on mm. the nose is what they yeah, said. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I got, the, I got that dried apricot, which is yeah. that dried yeah, fruit. Yeah, that's what I got. And mm-hmm. I think that's that combination of, yeah. of the spice with dried apricot, not not. Real ones, just yeah. dried ones, because you kind of get that yeah that more uh, leathery, muted, muted mm. leathery mm-hmm. taste. To Absolutely, it. and then the taste is bold spice of rye, yep, allspice, peach on the middle, caramel on the finish. I could definitely okay. yeah, I could see that peach and yeah, caramel. The caramel, kinda, I'm having a hard yeah, time. Yeah, me too. Uh, the only the only where I can give them credit to the caramel is definitely on the on the sit the the tongue. Yeah, right. Like and especially as they say, caramel on the finish. For I me, just feel I, like the the rye it it, dry, it doesn't dry up my taste buds, but it yeah. clamps them. It, it singes them. <laughs> the, the, the finish for me yeah. is all herb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And not in a bad way. 
See, but that's the beauty of uh, yeah of tasting bourbons. I do definitely see that what they're talking about is for me. A lot of the time, I get the flavor on the outside of my tongue whenever I mm. let it sit. When I don't take the you take the sip, that's where the sweetness sits for me. With this, I very much feel the weight on the center of my tongue. Yes, mm-hmm. the weight of the sip Same. is is that's where everything's pulling to, and then it's the back of my back of my palate where I'm getting the sweetness. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. what's what what's on the center of the tongue? Peach. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. What's on the center of the tongue as far as flavor? Right. We have savory, sweet oh, all yeah. around oh, the tongue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder what that is because be. it's it's really muted on on the edges for me yeah. as well. Yeah. It's all on. I thought the, the drink. I thought the middle mm-hmm. is like sour. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Which like makes tart. sense. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. Tart. makes sense. I think it's tart, especially because yeah. I mean, in peaches in general have that have yeah. that tartness to it. So, I mean, no, that makes sense. That awesome. I, I at the end of the day, it's it's definitely you can tell the the knowledge of the production going into it. Yeah, the the one thing I will say, and this is not my rock rating, obviously, because we don't do that yet, but it's more, it. this reminds me of the Smoke Wagon Rise, mm-hmm. only because it. a lot of Rise, they get overpowered because they are so dry yep. that you don't get those nuances of flavor because mm-hmm. it just, it hits your tongue, your taste buds shrivel up, and you're like, whew, that's hot. Yep. This still maintains some complexity, which mm-hmm. is why I think we like that Smoke Wagon Rye too so much. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, because initial thoughts, I like it. Because this was a rye, yeah. and I'm not used to drinking rye, I just couldn't put my finger on it, right? Because mm-hmm. my brain was like, well, this isn't bourbon. This isn't bourbon. Mm-hmm. Now hearing the flavor profiles, mm-hmm. I took another sip, it's opened up a bit. I could see that mm-hmm. cobbler with, and that's definitely with where vanilla I'm, ice cream. Yeah, I want to leave mine. I'm going to leave mine for a little bit. I know we have this one open, but I want to leave it for a little bit because I think pop the cork on it. This one, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, leave it open. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think I do think that this is going to be one of them where if you let it, if you let it open, you're going to get a, a totally different outcome from it. Yeah, and I get the vanilla now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. definitely. I get yeah, it. definitely cools down. I get it and, yep. because I, again, I couldn't put my finger around it, and then once I heard. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I could see that, and then I and then I could taste it. Yeah. And old elk, well done on on the stopper. It's yes. it's super cool. I <laughs> Here, really, hold on, I'll see if I. I, I, re- I really like it a see lot. If I can hold it up. The, right. So if you guys see it, the stopper is kind of like a little, a little wood, wood stump. Little well, it's wood a, stump. Isn't a, it's a antler. Yep, and then it has uh, it's an antler. It has a design on the front of it. Yeah, there. it's cool. It's it's a good one. I, honest, I'll see if I can throw a picture up. But they have one, and it's a the stag. The, the stag, yeah. yeah, the golden stag on top of the bottle. That's I like I said last week. I wish they would have sent me that one, but you know, can't be. Can't be greedy. <laughs> Grateful for the bottle in yep. general. Yep. Right. All right. Well, you guys, uh, you guys, you guys ready to do this? You guys ready to get into it? I'm gonna be as. Can I'm we do try it? and be as neutral as possible? Can I really? Am. So I'm gonna try and be as neutral. Here's, as possible. here's the thing where I'm gonna be. I t- I texted these guys before we started the podcast, and I told them I was like, "Hey guys, this one's gonna be pretty emotional." I, um, I, yeah. And 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 not and, and it, for me, it's not it's not emotional because I'm a realtor. It's emotional because I'm a citizen. I think I think is is more where I'm leaning, and, and I'll get into that more. But what the topic that we're talking about today, guys, is is the the uh, the lawsuit going on, or the the decision of the lawsuit that was going on against NAR, um, where in well, and NAR and a few other companies. Yeah, and a few do, other. Yeah, companies. Say, do you want to just give a quick background? Yeah, that, well, that's what I was going to say. Is and it, it's so, Burnett, Burnett versus. Yeah, Burnett versus it was Keller Williams, Remax, NAR. Well, it's it was anywhere, it, it's their anywhere parent contract. It's yeah. their parent company. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that uh, Remax and uh, Keller's owned by the, their own, but Remax uh, there there's a few companies that are owned by a parent company, mm-hmm. and um, it, 
it it was it was just changed. I forget the new yeah. Umbre- well, it's kind of think about umbrella. it as fran- think about it as franchises. Right? Yeah, so McDonald's, McDonald's is a company, but then you can buy a franchise and you own it and run it as. Well, I, no, it's more like Yum Yum. Okay. And Yum Yum owns KFC. They own Arby's. Yeah. They yeah. Own, yeah. 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 Or uh, General Mills. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, it, the the lawsuit was, they went against the biggest real estate yes conglomerates. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and there's some things that I think we need to clarify, right? So so just as a quick overview of what the lawsuit is, just so you guys understand, the lawsuit was a litigation by sellers who bought homes between 2015 and 2021 mm-hmm. in the states specifically of like Missouri, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee. And I think one other one, right? Which, that, that was of it. all the states. But that was it. <laughs> and the what they were alleging was that NAR, That just makes which, me more angry right, knowing right. that those are the yeah. states. So yeah. essentially, yeah, NAR, the National Association of Realtors, which controls hundreds of local multiple listing services, conspired with these big companies, Keller Williams, uh, Anywhere Realty, all these different companies, to keep commissions higher mm-hmm. through something specifically called the Brokers Co-op Agreement, which means that if you list a property in the MLS, you have to offer a co-op commission to a buyer's agent. That is what the wording was. That is what the lawsuit essentially and so said. And said, point, hey, because that happened, we as sellers were forced, quote unquote, to pay buyer's agents these commissions over these years, which amounted into billions and billions of dollars of commissions that these sellers in this, in this lawsuit and a separate lawsuit that happens next year didn't feel like they should be paying. Mm-hmm. And that's where, oh man, I mean, how. So that's, that's, what, that's what it was, Ignorance right? Ignorance yeah. is not a good defense case. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. No, but and, that's and, just and, what they and, 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 and again, it's like, come on, just common sense, folks. Um, yes, the seller dictates, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about it a lot. This, you say, look, Mr. Seller, um, I'm going to charge you a fee. And the seller says, okay, here's 6%. Mm-hmm. Five and a half percent, well, whatever. Uh, yeah. Do what you want with it. Well, Offer what you want with it. And that's something right? that I, Oscar, I'm glad you, you kind of tailored it in there. What the whole reason, and this is what, because if you look at what NAR has said, if you look at what the National Association of Realtors have come out and said, is we're going to defend this. We we obviously believe that we do everything to make it a fair market, equal across the board for everybody involved, but an equitable um, environment, and therefore the consumer. Yeah. So, and we've talked about this before. Please go check out the the episode that we did. Um, on this lawsuit previously when kind of it started hitting the news and people started getting up in arms about it. But um, basically how it works in a normal real estate transaction. And well, this hold is, on first. Yeah. Why don't you tell them what happened? I just explained what the lawsuit was. So what's yeah. the outcome? Okay. So the outcome is uh, basically, like <clears throat> we said earlier, this went to a trial by jury. So a trial of peers um, like you, everybody listening to this podcast, yep. sitting in your car, uh, sitting at home, whatever it is. And it was decided in three hours. Mm-hmm. They decided, the jury took this in three hours, okay? Went back and decided that, yes, NAR and all these companies are guilty of colluding to keep commissions high. And the damages to be awarded right now are sitting at $1.78 billion. And that is to come from NAR um, and I, Keller, Williams. Keller Williams and Remax and another and another company settled before. Coldwell Banker. Coldwell Banker. They yeah, settled they beforehand. Settled. Um, and I think they, they paid $100 million. Yeah, Realtology and Remax, I think, are the two big ones. Yeah. Realtology owns yeah, Realtology. Compass and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, um, so that's the outcome. Basically, <clears throat> they were found guilty of this correct. Uh, of this um, by, by a jury of their peers. Again, in the United States, you are innocent until proven guilty. Um, but on that note, Jameson, this is one thing that I want to say is 
I, I doubt that these lawyers will look at this. You know, they're on MSNBC and all these and all these things. But I want to tell them, like, kudos to you guys. You you legit planned this at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's just civil unrest with the housing market. People can't buy, and now you're telling me you have a jury of pissed American, off consumers yeah, sitting. They and played their hand on right. this case. Yeah, and and you know what? I, I, Keep it neutral. Hell no. F this. Well, it's, no, it, it's, it, it's a money grab. I, yeah, well, you know it's a damn money grab. I have grab. to give them their credit that they brought this to light at a good time for their case. Like at, at the end of the day. It was going to work. Yeah, it, absolutely. Because people are up in arms. People are angry. And obviously we're realtors, right? And we've mentioned it many times before. I've talked about it before I became a realtor. I was like, oh yeah, I want to help people. Mm-hmm. Half the things I get on my social media are, you're a realtor. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. It's like, come on. Like I get it. I get where you're coming from. Like you, you don't want to spend the money. Come and spend the day with me. Yeah, it was yeah. A, it was a confluence you know? of perfect events, right? Like yes. you said, we we went through the pandemic, mm-hmm. and then you know everybody's all excited. And this, here's an interesting t- statistic: so previous to COVID, about 82 percent of buyers chose to use an agent. Yep. During COVID and afterwards, that number jumped from 82 percent to 88 percent. Yep. So the majority of people still understand and see the value of using a realtor, right? We we all can come and give, give you guys hundreds of examples of where we have saved deals, where we have saved marriages, where Absolutely. we have been, all these different things, right? And I think what happens, what has happened over these last two years is we went through the period where you were waiving <clears throat> inspections and you were paying appraisal gaps and 15 offers and on the market for two days and people got this mindset of, well, if you want to list a house, all you got to do is put a sign for sale. Why am I paying you for that? Right. Yep. Not, not paying attention to market conditions. It was then, a hot market. then we moved from that to the fed raising the rates. And we've talked about this. Why is anybody mad at the feds? Why and us? Now everybody's mad to do with and upset rates. because well now all of a sudden, you know, we went from, well, you could buy a house and get cheap rates. To now I can't even afford to live. So if I have to sell or buy, why am I paying somebody mm-hmm. an exorbitant amount to do so if affordability is where it's at currently? Yeah. And then you have this lawsuit come in and to you guys' point, you got nine members of the general public that have all probably been in one way, shape or form homeowners. You can't weed them out. You know what I mean? And Not they're like already, and they're already frustrated and pissed off. And mm-hmm. you've got the lawyers that come out and they paint a really good picture. They tell the story of how that, you know, either poor agents or poor wording, they all these different things. They called NAR a cartel. Right. That's the wording that they used. Yes. It was a cartel. Yeah. So and it's, it, NAR, the it. National Association of Realtors. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I get it. I don't know. Oscar, what are, what are your thoughts, man? Like, what, you know, what do you think? I, and here's what blows my mind. Why the hell are you pissed off at the buyer's agent? You know, the buyer's agent, if anything, is spending more money out of pocket. If right. you don't get under contract fast, how much time and effort, gas mm-hmm. are, you, are you spending? I mean, I've loss of business, loss of business. I've had clients that I've helped for over a year, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't, I didn't put it on them. Mm-mm. And at the end of the day, if you dollar for dollar hours, I worked <laughs> I, $2 exactly. an hour. Yep. You know, that's the, that's, that's the thing about commissions. Mm-hmm. If, if it goes fast, yes, it's a lucrative business, but then, you know, you got to understand there's a lot of the deals don't, mm-hmm. well, you're, and, you're looking at 30 days yeah. and sometimes six months a year and you're still working the same deal. And at the end of the day, the seller's not paying for everything. The buyer brings the money to the table every time. So within marketing it correctly and adding the feeds in there, and if it, if it appraises, yes, the seller agrees how much they're gonna pay in commission, but the buyer brings the money. Mm-hmm. Well, Without the buyer not, bringing in the money, there even, is, it, it, they're, they're both paying yeah, and, at the end of the well, day. Well, that doesn't even touch on the fact that, like Jameson said, the, the mindset but from the pandemic from 2020 to 2022 was 
I'm gonna put it for sale, sign up, my house is gonna sell, right? That is a luxury. Mm-hmm. That is that is a that is something that you should be grateful for. That the oh god, I'm gonna get you should be grateful for. But you should be lucky that that's how the market got. Mm-hmm. That you were able to list your property and it didn't sit on market for 30 plus days mm-hmm. and you were able to flip and sell, right? But the thing that gets me is at the end of the day, okay. Jameson, you you went through this. Oscar, I know you've been through this. I'm seeing it now as I'm helping my million-dollar clients go through and look at different houses. So many sellers, as of right now, especially in the state of Colorado, sat on their homes. They made equity because Mm -hmm. the market itself got hot, Mm -hmm. right? They did not change cabinets. They did not update their kitchen. They did nothing, absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing to their house. And they gained $200,000 in value. Right. And they're sitting there going, yeah, well, I, I want to make all the money possible off right. of this, off of the little smallest amount of work. And, and obviously, guys, everybody has that right. You can sell your house for whatever price you want. But where it bothers me is the effect that this is going to have on buyers in an already strenuous buyer's market. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And, and here's another thing. Um, spend the day with us, right? One. Mm-hmm. But two, we didn't shift or change anything as a community in real estate. Mm-hmm. You, the public, are the ones that bought and sold. We navigated to your best um, ability. Abil- uh, no, yeah. no, to our best ability, but for your, to your best interest to make sure you weren't screwed over. I had multiple conversations where I don't think you should put an extra $100,000, mm-hmm. but you want this house. I never force anybody to buy or sell a house. I help people navigate the ins and outs, the legal part of it. Yep. So in all of this, from the beginning of NAR 100 years ago or whatever they've been, um, we've always been an industry where here in Colorado, 2.8 is a buyer's agent's commission. Mm-hmm. The listing uh, side, it varies. Uh, a, a lot of agents list for 3.2. Um, that's never changed. Yeah. If anything, we've reduced our commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever happened during the pandemic and the rise of real estate had little to nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. The consumer wanted, it was a demand. What were we going to do? Pump the brakes, dig in our heels. We're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. We had no control. So us as realtors, we had nothing to do with that just because we're in the industry. But the consumer pushed for the demand and the demand wasn't met. That shot everything up. Now, I'm not beating you up. I love you guys as consumers. But you got to understand, we weren't in the background. We're going to profit off of this. No, it, the market did what it did. Our, our guidelines, our procedures kept the same. And we're looked upon as the evildoers. And now the feds are the ones that are raising the rates. Be mad at the at the feds. It's not even on the real estate side. It's on the lending side. Nah, and and, and here's Oscar. I, I'm, I, you know, like, I, I like where you're coming from, but at the end of the day, and the reason I said this is emotional for me is because as somebody who, again, I didn't like credit. I thought buying a house was stupid. I, all of this stuff, but learning, taking the time to learn about it and sit through and, and actually go through it. I'm sorry, but this is a beautiful example of the entitlement of Americans. And what I mean by that is, at the end of the day, commissions have always, always, always been set by the client. There has never, ever been a point where you're going to sit down and go, nope, this is what it is. If you don't like it, that you're, you're held to this. You, are, mm-hmm. you have to do this. Yep. You could kick that agent right out of your house. You can do it. But again- And again, it, spend the day with me. I yeah. love you guys. I want to educate you it, guys. It, just, it, it, it blows my mind and it angers me so much because- I feel like we're, we, we are now living in an excuse culture. 
in in a and you've heard me talk yeah, about 100%, it before. I could see that. Of of we need to point the finger to someone. Personal responsibility, right? At the end of the day, these people that were like, "Oh, well, you took money from me." I want to sit in front of these people and be like, "How many times did you ask to negotiate your commission?" How many times did you ask mm -hmm. if you were able to no negotiate your commission? Did you bring it up? Or were you just ignorant and you took it as it is? You went on Redfin. You went on Remax on their website, Zillow, whatever it is. And you took the first agent that they threw at your face. That is your responsibility. Well, like, and, and, and if you didn't ask that question, again, I, this is going to come off as harsh, but at the, it, it's your responsibility. And, and what I said fault. earlier was harsh too. And, and again, if you want to point the finger at, at the realtors, go ahead. Point the finger at us, but at the same time, spend the day with me. Spend the day with me. We're, we're, we're humans. We're hardworking Americans. We're not out to try to screw anybody. You know, we're, we're here to fill a need. Um, and at the end of the day, you know what? We, I've lost my butt off on some of these transactions. And I didn't go and blame anybody, but it is what it is. And, you know, I'm not mad at anybody. And, but again, if you want to point the finger, point the finger. But understand that the process never changed. This was just a money grab that these guys are, 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 are looking for. Beautifully. And they timed. Exactly. <laughs> I, I never even looked at it that they timed it at, Beautifully. A, <laughs> at a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And Jameson and I both were, were pre-law before we, before we hopped out. And it, it's, that's legitimately like law is all, it's precedent using words to fight your position and, and using previous, right? And that is why this is so dangerous because yes, NAR immediately came out and said, we're going to do an appeal. But this ruling sets a legal precedent on commissions for real estate. Yes and no. I'm going to take a complete opposite Do it. viewpoint on here. Mm -hmm. um, Damn lawyers. I, my major is in architectural design, so I, I'm going to let them I think do that what they when do. you're dealing with the general public, right? And this is not a knock, and we've talked about this before. The, when I say general public, I mean people that are not involved in the industry on a day-to-day -day basis, right? You have to spell it out. You just do. Whether that's if I'm going to take my car to a mechanic, if I'm going to a dentist appointment, if I'm going to a doctor's office, if I'm going for a consultation with a lawyer. If I am not in that industry as a professional, you have to, you have to spell it out. And I think the mistake that happened, and I, I do blame NAR for this, and I blame other large brokerages. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a time when I first started, okay, I took my first listing, and I had a question about, uh, you know, what I could list and commission and all that kind of stuff. Because we usually have a fee breakdown of, if you do A, B, C, and D, commission can go from here all the way down to here, whatever, right? I'm not going to say names because I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. But I was told that I needed special permission from my brokerage to uh, lessen my commission on a listing under 2.5%. Okay. True story. I'll be 100% transparent with you guys. That that is what happened, and I think that is 100%. what I could back them those, on. Those a lot of those the type did. of things and those type of regulations, because that was the what. When I say you have to spell it out, what I mean is, with the National Association of Realtors controlling multiple listing services (MLSs), essentially what you guys see that get brought to Zillow or whatever it is, there was never specific language saying that as a seller, you could offer whatever you wanted to a buyer's agent, including $0 or a dollar, okay? It's always been the case, like you said. Mm -hmm. It's never been explicitly stated to the general public, okay? I can see so where now, that comes, but the, comes across the reason, the reason I say that is because when this lawsuit, before it went to jury, what did National Association of Realtors do? Which screwed them. They, they went, <laughs> they switched. hey, by the way, mm -hmm. 
You can offer whatever you want to a buyer's agent. It does not have to be 2.5%. We have never dictated or mandated what that commission schedule looks like to a cooperating agent. However, that is in direct contradiction to some of the things I was told when I worked for a larger brokerage that said, if you want to list for list a house under 4% total commission, you need it to be ratified by a brokerage, by your brokerage leader. Like to me, that's bullshit. It is right? bullshit. I didn't know any, I didn't know any different cause I was new. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, okay, yeah, this is what it is. The general public, same thing. You guys just, this is how it's been and, done. And I'm going to agree with that. The so, general public doesn't know. I'm not saying that it's right, wrong, or indifferent, right? I understand where the where the emotion's coming from, but I also am not naive to the point where I can see how this came about. Yes, they timed it perfectly, okay, with a lot of just angst and whatnot that's happening. But I also, in, if I really look at it, I don't disagree. Yeah, but... I, 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 disagree, I, I don't disagree in the sense that I think... This will just lead to more transparency. Mm-hmm. I think it will make a free market even more of a free market and give some power back to the clients. Mm-hmm. I think it will change the way people do business in the sense that you have to prove what your value is to your client, which I also don't think is a terrible thing. No, I think no, that's I mean, I think it, that's perfect. What's, you know your, what I'm what's your value yeah. proposition? Exactly. Yeah, so I, I in, in oh. my head, I and I've had this complaint forever, I truly believe that the the bar to entry to being a realtor is a fucking joke. Yeah. Right. We've said it needs to Our be annual fees and stuff. Whatever. It's fucking stupid. Right. Dollars for a course in Colorado. It's fucking dumb. It's mm-hmm. it's it's stupid. And I think that what's going to happen is you're going to start to see the agents that can't articulate what their value is to their clients. They're going to drop out because now the consumer is going to have more leeway in negotiating. Right. We'll get to the point of what the end result of what these people want to have happen. I'm just talking specifically about. I understand the wording and how NAR has has used the MLSs and is per, I I think it's almost like a it's they weren't they were misdirecting by omission. Yeah. Like well, they yeah, no, that, you know what yeah, I'm saying? No, I can, and that's where I can agree with you and the fact that if it you know like was it public was it perfectly pub, public knowledge that you can negotiate a commission? I will say absolutely not. But again, it's one of those things where you have it Hey, think about this difference. Okay. Let's say you're my client. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or let's say I'm your client and you tell me I'll list your house and my commission is 5.6%. Okay. And I go, well, I mean, I, I'd like to list it for less than that. So can we do 4.5%? And your response is one of two things, right? In one world, it's, you know what, let's take a look at it and see if we can come to an agreement with what makes sense based on how much we're going to spend marking the house, how long we think it's be, what you, what you're going to earn on your net sheet versus saying, I can't do that. I got to check with my brokerage to see if that's even something I can do. How yeah, does that you know, come across? You know, and you know, I'm glad you brought you, that up because it's always irked me. That that's always you know what irked I mean? me. That, that how does that come and, across and, to a client? Because yes. I've always been able to negotiate my my commission right. always, and I've owned my own brokerage uh, with a couple right. of business partners and, and and a good friend of mine, and that was never an issue. I I would take listings at one percent. Right. Well, see, and that's what, and this is, I think, it's a great point. Absolutely, and I think where my frustration comes in is I always come from a position of value to the consumer, right? Correct. Like yes. in my business, I'm always, I, I, all three of us, we always want to look to help and make it the best opportunity for, for the client. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, the position where I come from is, is genuinely like, no, I know the effort that I put into and I know what I do in my job. Correct. And, and I, do I feel like through all of that, I should get a commission? Yes. 
But at the same time, I'm always open to negotiating that commission. So I, I, that, that is a great point, Jameson. Like, right. And that's so why th- my point is, if, if anything that comes from this lawsuit, mm-hmm. I, I get it. It was a money grab. Like, I, yeah. I will stand on that hill. I will die on the hill. They did it on purpose. I've got a great example about how much these lawyers are going to make later that yeah. will drop. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that there is sometimes a necessary inflection point mm-hmm. within industries in general that will allow it to open up. Because I, I heard a great argument, and I, I'm going to kind of, I'm not going to, I'm going to paraphrase because I, I don't want to butcher it. But essentially, I think what will happen, right, is the market will dictate that buyers' agents will still get paid by sellers. Well, yeah, and, and we've will. already seen it. We've and seen and, and why markets. is that? Why is that? Go. Why is that, Oscar? Because if I have a client and you have a listing and you're not going to pay me, it, I can't not go show the house, right? But why would I go do it for free? Right. At that point, I'll just say, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, I'm, I can't represent you here. You go look at the house but, yourself. But, okay, but perfect example, Oscar. I mean, why, why would I? I mean, right. at, at, well, this no. is what I do for a living, right? But at the same time, it, that's not selfish to me because I'm going to go do it for free and then the next one for free and then the next one for free. And then the ne- at the end of the day, the buyer's agent does a whole lot of work. Yeah, but, but you bring up a, a great point, And this is why I said it, it, this, this ruling is really going to hurt buyers, especially in this market, because as we see 8% interest rates, and as an example, again, Colorado, average home price, I'll go low, 585. Well, hold on. Let's, let's clarify this, right? Okay. Because this ruling right now, as mm-hmm. of today, what is today, November 9th? Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. As of November 9th, the only thing that this ruling has done is has said National Association of Realtors is guilty of essentially conspiring with large brokerages, brokerages to keep commissions high. Okay, that's what they did. So the damages for those individuals from 2015 to 2021 in these specific states is $1.87 billion, $1.78 billion. We, will, we are going to try and make NAR pay that out as damages. The lawsuit has not said that sellers are not allowed to pay buyer's agents. Yes. It has not said that. The yes. judge has not come out and said that. Mm-hmm. There's no injunction stopping and preventing or mandating that sellers cannot pay buyer's agents. Mm-hmm. So just to make that clear, like that's not what's happening. Will that happen in the future? We don't know. The judge is supposed to release. Yep. I mean, in the lending side, they get paid by commission too with some brokerages, and it's a RESPA violation to, to charge more than a certain percentage right. as well. Mm-hmm. So the reason I want to bring that up, Charlie, is because you started saying it's going to hurt buyers. Now, knowing yeah. that that is not what is happening yet, mm-hmm. if it does go down that road, and there is something that comes out as an injunction that says, hey, sellers, sellers, as as from their proceeds, there is a a mandate saying that like a buyer's commission cannot show up on a closing settlement, a HUD statement. Okay. If that happens, how does that hurt buyers? Well, again, like I said, is we're, let's take Colorado as an example, right? We all know interest rates are high. Buying a home right now is difficult. Okay. And if you are of the mindset of, Hey, I want to come up with a 10% down payment, a 20% down payment, average price in Colorado right now, 585, 585. right? Let's go there. So if you want to come up with even 10%, you have to come out of pocket $58,000. Well, yeah, let's say, right? 10% is that, 58000 10%, yeah. that, that is $58,000. Okay, wonderful. So your buyer has to come to the table with $58,000 for a down payment. Let's go even lower. 
Let's go. Let, let's go three. Five, per, let's go five percent. Yeah, go five percent. You're still looking at sixteen or nineteen thousand dollars. No, you're looking. At, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen thousand dollars, right? So at that point, no, no, twenty-eight thousand. Twenty-eight thousand dollars. Yeah. And you're you're still looking at at twenty-eight grand. Mm -hmm. Who right now has twenty-eight grand just sitting around to come up? It's hard for people. Now imagine your buyer's agent, just like Oscar said, "Hey, can you go? Can you do a showing for me?" Um, yeah, I can, but um, in order for me to represent you, you're going to have to come up with another 10% of this purchase, or excuse me, 5%. Let, let's go 5%, let's go 5 right? Because sellers will still be making. Well, be, so if, if it's 25 and 25 right? Yeah. So essentially, you're going to say, hey, you need 5% for the down payment but, plus closing costs. But it's, if you want me to represent you as your fiduciary, 2.5%. Then it's another 2.5%. But, but it's 2.5% but because that commission is split between the seller and the buyer. No, no I'm saying two and a half percent. Like if the seller pays their own agent yes. and the buyer has to pay their agent, the so buyer's got to come up yeah, with an extra two and a half percent each. But, yes. but, and at the same time, what's, what, what are they trying to do? Do away with buyer's agents? Okay, let's look at the best interest of the consumer. Yeah. What does the buyer agent do? If he represents the buyer. Yes. So, so you're going to have the listing agent do a, a transaction brokerage. Are they really going to have the buyer's best interest or the client they already had a... a um, uh, fiduciary responsibility to. And that's a great point. How, the hell, that how, how, is how are you going to balance that? The ultimate goal of this lawsuit is to have buyers pay their own agents mm -hmm. and sellers pay, they, pay, pay their agents. And they believe, the plaintiffs, that that is the most transparent way to go go about through the transaction. But right? what, I, what I was saying, what I was mentioning earlier is the reason that it is 2.5, 2.5, right, is because when the seller sits down, or 2.8, 3.2, whatever it is, when the seller sits down to talk about commission, mm -hmm. they say, this is a 6% commission on the, on the price of the home. Okay. Now, that 6% is then split mm -hmm. between seller and buyer. 2.8% sure. to buyer, 3.2%, or 2.5, it's right. 5%, whatever it is, right? So, it, there's nothing talking about sellers dropping their commission prices. No, but that will happen. That's, but, that's gonna but, be, but let's look at the bigger picture That's going to be what's going to happen. But, that, but again, uh, that, that's what should happen. But at the same time, there's nothing legally no. telling them, hey, so, you have to go from this 6 5% that you're doing down to 25 no. because that's what you would have made if there was a buyer. But it's, again, agents, it's skewed. Yeah, but because seller's agents can still say, I wanna, I'm want i going to list your house for 5%. And versus that paying for the validation and the work of the buyer's agent to legally represent and get the buyer the best representation, all of that money is now going to go to the seller. The buyer is unrepresented, and they still have to come up with thousands of dollars to get a buyer's agent. And does, it, 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 does the seller pay the commission out of pocket? No. Out of the proceeds of their, of their, yeah. of their asset, right? Mm -hmm. The buyer's now coming and you want them to pay this large amount of money out of, out of pocket? pocket? Yep, exactly. Because right now, if you want to take technicalities, again, my point is that the seller dictates, but the buyer brings the money. Yep. So in essence, they would have to figure a way for the buyer to be able to finance our commission. Mm -hmm. It's it, that, leave it alone. That's basically what they're doing right now. Yes, yeah. because the seller is using their asset to pay for everything and gain their their equity and mm -hmm. and, and and do what they want with it. Yep. The buyer is bringing in a loan backed by their down payment to purchase this, so that all gets bundled up and then. Title company says, okay, well, the commissions was this or that, the proceeds, everybody gets paid. Mm -hmm. So how is it fair for the consumer that is coming in to purchase an mm -hmm. asset 
and pay a buyer's agent out of pocket when the seller is using their asset and with gained by their listing agent to get the most money. And it's been proven mm -hmm. through NAR stats that a, a seller s selling with a realtor gets more money mm -hmm. even after commissions mm -hmm. than a for sale by owner. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, so and, and that's, and that's my whole thing is like, and again, I'm all for, I know if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And this is how it's been. But if you can present me, and here's my biggest issue with it is this is, and the reason that we say it's a money grab is because the, it's, it's, they haven't presented a solution. It's all, I want to make the most money from selling my house and I don't want to pay that buyer's commission. Well, a class action lawsuit, no, no class action lawsuit is ever filed to then find a solution. Yeah. It is it is filed mm -hmm. for the plaintiffs to get damages paid yes. and compensated. Mm -hmm. That's but, that's what but, it is. But that's the whole thing is is, is it's very it's it's way too money forward. It, it's you're you're cool. Drop drop the bomb, disrupt the system, change it up, whatever it is. But there is almost no thought given mm -hmm. to the after effect because if again, if you're a seller, the reason that you have buyers is because there's a buyer's agent that is navigating it, working with you to do the showings, to go in and get this. But now if there's no buyer's agent because they're not getting paid, then who is going to... Who, Properly gonna represent have, the buyer. The, yeah, who's going to represent the buyer? Who's going to bring you a buyer? Then secondly, are you going to let random people walk into your house for a showing un unattended? The reason open houses are there is because there's somebody present to let people walk yeah, through your homes. And we carry insurances and all, yeah, a bunch yeah, of other stuff have, that protects I, the, buyer, the, yeah, the exactly. people. Well, and if, think about, think about if, it this way, right? So to your point, let's say a buyer does come in unrepresented mm -hmm. and goes, I don't want to pay for my own buyer's agent. Okay. Well, a listing agent is going to take is, them to the cleaners. Is well, not only that. Let's say they don't take them to the cleaners. Let's say they say, okay, we'll do dual, dual agency, which in Colorado, as far as I'm aware, is frowned upon. Mm -hmm. It's not illegal, but it's pretty fucking close. Like, there's a reason dual agency or a transaction broker doesn't. The work. way it's supposed to work out, as it's called a transaction broker, right. is say that we're seller's agent, buyer's agent. Look at us as coaches. We're mm -hmm. going to coach you through. We're going to get you there. Winning is the main goal, or just get into their to the end to the closing table. When you're a transaction broker, then that agent has to, to his or her best ability, be a referee. Correct. Mm -hmm. At that point, exactly. Totally different roles, mm -hmm. and it's hard. Yes. I've done transaction brokerage a lot because you know how that conversation goes. You're privy to hey. information <laughs> on both sides. Oscar, Oscar, yeah. you're my transaction broker. I'm the I'm the seller. Okay. Hey, the inspection report came back. Here's their inspection objection. What should we do? What do you want to do? I don't know. What should we do? You're my agent. I have to stay neutral. Okay. So should I should I tell them that I won't do this? Sure. Well, should I tell them that I should I should do this? Sure. Well, how much would this normally cost me if I were to do this? Mm, I'll, I'll give that information. Or say, hey, go go find a go yeah. find a contractor. It's it's hard, right? Yeah. It's hard. Hey, my appraisal, will, my appraisal it, came it, under $20,000. What do it, I do? It's hard to play that What do you line. want to do? Yeah. I could right. play it well. I I've had but there's been situations where I'm like mm, because I'm the one that's going to get sued. Right. Because I'm privy to your information and the buyer's information. Right. So I have to find the neutral ground and still make sure I'm representing them well. It's yeah. hard and not a lot of agents know how well, to do let's, it. Well, let's let's take it a step further, right? So we, we talked about it during the during the pandemic and afterwards, 88% of people use agents, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to make this very clear to everybody that's watching this or listening. There is nowhere in any law, mandate, form, commission statement, 
protocol that says you have to use a realtor to buy or sell real estate. You could do it yourself. In the United States. And if you, you hire an attorney, do, it's going to be $500 an hour. So. But you don't even have to do that. You, you can don't, just do you it don't. yourself. You go you down to Office Depot. Print out the forms. Or go to do it, Dora, right? print out the forms, and go at it. So, But here's the thing. So let's, let's take the scenario that a seller selling their house, they contacted a listing agent. Listing agent says, hey, here's the deal. Um, we're not, you don't want to pay a buyer's agent. So we're going to renegotiate my commission. I'm going to charge you 3% as your, as your agent buyer comes in unrepresented. Okay. One of two things happen. That buyer, like you said, gets run through the ringer and they end up paying more in price. They end up paying more or, you know, suffering for, you know, uh, not doing inspections, Just whatever the, it is. The, they the get small screwed. nuances in, they in real screwed, estate. Right. The average yeah. American is going to get fucked yeah. by some of So now let's say that you go to your seller and say, hey, here's the deal. Um, this guy wants to be represented, but he doesn't want to pay for his own buyer's agent. Do you mind if I represent both sides? Sure. Okay. So now, do you think that agent's not going to renegotiate their commission? Oh, yeah. Because now they're handling two parties on the same transaction, in which case you could have just paid the buyer's agent, right? That's why I'm saying the market will dictate that for a majority of transactions, a buyer's agent will still get paid by the listing agent. And, well, and now let's will. look at this side. I am going to built in the commissions for both sides. And let's say that you're going to go where they think this is going to trend. Yep. And you're like, nope, I'm not going to pay the buyer's agent. I'm going to talk to Mr. and Mrs. Seller and say, hey, if we list here, the market, top market, I could probably sell your house for more money if we pay a buyer's agent. Let's just pay him 2.5%. Mm -hmm. We agree? Yes. We can negotiate my side, but let's pay him 2.5. I will have a thousand more clients come through their door than your end if you're not or buying Or what it. if you do it this way? Hey, let, let's build it in 5.6%. We're going to reserve 2.5% to a buyer's agent, right? We're gonna, but let's say if a buyer comes in unrepresented, then I'll just refund you the 2.5%. Uh, that that actually that's the conversation I have at every listing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If a buyer comes in through the door, you say, "Hey, the neighbor said they want to buy. I'll represent them. You know, I won't take the two point five, but at this point, I'll I'll, I'll do three percent. Yep. And then I'll do both sides. Yep. You win either but again, way. But again, perfect example because you can negotiate your commission. Correct. And it yes. has never been set. Realtors, okay, maybe I'll give it to you that NAR and and these companies. They left it in a gray area, and if you didn't go out of your way to look into that gray area Correct. and figure out, yes. then then okay, yeah, it might be skewed. But what Oscar just said, as an example, you've always had control over Correct. your commission. Yep. Right. Well, so and, like, and let's let's talk about the the elephant in the room, the guys that have kind of disrupted our market. Mm -hmm. Next door. Yep. Uh, all these discount brokers, they've been around forever, guys. Okay. Uh, well, forever, and, and forever, well, forever, and, forever, and never, never. I dealt with one of these big guys. Jameson was ever so, ever so great. You know, gracious to say, hey, I have the ability for you to represent somebody on, on the buyer side. I, I, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to help you. Okay, cool. One of these companies, I'm not going to name them. Long story short, they said, hey, normally our fee is six percent if you want us to sell your house, but if you do not use one of our agents, we're going to charge you eight percent because we need to recoup mm -hmm. operational costs. And when I went through and I called these people, I went all the way up to the regional regional managers scrolling through people just calling through and it basically got to well you know we got lawyers that deal with that stuff and if it was wrong yeah. then you know something would come out like that 100 like that is an example of them using it 
against the client. Oh, and I'm 100%. the I'm, I'm the advocate for the people. What happened right? this year with the lawsuit that right. I that I or mm-hmm. my client that got screwed over by a, a real estate company here mm-hmm. that was part of a bigger corporation yep. that had them in a 40 year listing agreement that even if they use someone else, they still owed them 3%. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of crap that got us to this lawsuit. Yes, absolutely. And and I, yes. I took mm-hmm. charge. I took it all the way to the attorney general's office. Yep. But I think that that's And my, filed complaints. But that's again, my point. That's, that's you. That, that is you as a good agent. No, no, but what like, I'm saying is that, <laughs> doing that, that. that is my point where I'm taking a little bit of the opposite yeah. of why this lawsuit is up. Saying yeah. that those are it. the type of things yes. that this lawsuit will unearth yes. that will eventually make it to where it is like I'm not saying the marketplace as it's set up right now, the MLS and the buyers co-op and one. I do believe that is the most efficient way to buy and yep. sell a house, right? Hundred percent. I I hope that the lawsuit unearths that kind of bullshit. Yes. That now goes okay. That's not or yours with Portrait. So, that um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is I'm dealing through. with them right you now too. I was biting my lip. I was biting uh, my lip, and I was like, you know what I'm saying? So it like, runs I want with. that kind of shit because I do believe that. Anytime you were in status quo for too long, mm-hmm. you get complacent. And as an yeah. industry, I believe with NAR as the overarching, you know, uh, umbrella corporation essentially mm-hmm. got complacent and said, well, we're just, it's almost like a bank's like we're too big to fail. Yeah. And now you've got regulations that have made it way easier for people to invest and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it was a money grab. I don't think personally anything's going to change. I think your whole well, point of you don't have to use a realtor. 80, I, I'm dealing, I have a client right now, mm-hmm. okay, who has bought and sold over 50 some odd properties throughout his life. Some of them for sale by owner. He literally told me, Jameson, here's the deal. I could do this myself. However, I would rather, because my time is valuable, entrust you and pay you to handle it because my time is worth more than what I would save if I were to try and sell this thing as I'm going back and forth and working and do all these different things. That is, that is who we're here for. If you're the we're person- We're set up. Well, if you're the person that doesn't need us, don't use us. Mm-mm. Like that's it. Yep. That's well, all it, it is. Here's, but don't call me and ask me. Can't, I cannot give you advice. Well, so I'm sorry, I'm not being so a jerk. Go ahead. Yeah, well, go ahead. I, I, Jameson knows where I'm going. Yep. We, we, we touched on it in a second. But here is the thing that if you step back and look at this as a on a grand scale and, and, and you put it under put it under a magnifying glass. Hey, J-Mo, mm-hmm. how much... Uh, how much are the defendants going to make versus how much the lawyers are going to make because of their... All right, so, so here's <laughs> some math for you folks out there. So the, the settlement was $1.78 billion, okay? But in this type of class action lawsuit, that amount gets trebled. So for all of my uh, people that are wondering what that means, it gets tripled. That's trebled is a legal term, but it gets tripled. So let's round it up to $2 billion. That means that the award is $6 billion total. The lawyers claim anywhere from 30 to 40% of that award as their commission which they negotiated with the plaintiffs, right? Mm-hmm. And really kind of not with the plaintiffs because I think there's the total number of plaintiffs is 250,000, mm-hmm. I want to say, right? Mm-hmm. So 250,000 plaintiffs. I know the lawyers didn't negotiate with all 250,000. So what they did is they're now going to take, let's say on the low end, 30% of $6 billion. You have your, calc- you have your phone, don't you? Yeah. Pull this okay. out real quick because I want to yeah. do this in real, in real time. Your watch is going to be tough because it's too many zeros. Yes, because you, you have to turn it sideways. So six billion <laughs> right, I'm times thirty percent is what? Billion times Damn it! It stops at sixty. You're right. right. I know. Six billion. So six. One two three. One two three. One two three. Times, times point three zero. Times point three zero. How much? One point eight billion. Which means the lawyers are going to make one point eight 
billion dollars. Now let's say. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Good. When did this lawsuit start? Uh, Two years ago. Okay. And you would say, were they working 24-7? No. The last two years? No. All right, let's scrutinize okay. that. So now, so now let's continue. Right? I'm just, so, I'm so putting now let's it in perspective. In, 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 the, in, the, in the courtroom specifically, there's four or five lawyers that are working in the courtroom, okay? Mm-hmm. So now let's just, let's just say that they're going to equally split what they made out of this lawsuit amongst 100 lawyers and paralegals and assistants that have helped on this case. So 1.8 billion divided, divided by, by 100. Okay. 18 million. So each lawyer that has worked on this case is going to make $18 million, okay? That's assuming 100 lawyers worked on this case. Double it to 200, they're making $9 million. Triple it to 300, they're making $6 million a piece. $6 million a piece for 300 people who worked on this. Now, There's let's see, probably not 300 people working on this There's not, but I'm just going to... Yeah, whatever, I mean, we're, right? being, we're being modest So now let's numbers. say... Now, so, so we said $6 billion minus the 1.8. So what's left over for the plaintiffs? So $6 billion... Six hundred six billion? Yeah. Six Minus billion. one point eight billion. Minus one point should be like eight. Four point two. Divided by two hundred. Yeah, four point two billion. Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now four point two billion divided by two hundred and fifty thousand plaintiffs, because those are the people that are actually gonna get the checks. Sixteen thousand eight hundred. So the plaintiffs on the on the high end are gonna make sixteen thousand dollars. The lawyers that you guys hired that you can negotiate the commission with <laughs> that put all this work in are going to make at minimum six million dollars if there was three hundred of them and, working and, on your and, case, and, and that's a little bit skewed because the paralegals are going to make that, right? That's what I'm saying. The I'm attorneys saying are, I'm they're, so they're equally. making like yeah. I'm saying fifteen you're million paying, each. I'm saying you're you're paying the paralegals the same as you would pay the head counsel, right? <laughs> yep. So you're saying you guys are okay with you making sixteen thousand and the lawyers making six million minimum. A piece if there's 300 of them. Why? Because they fought the case? But what you're, are we doing? And, and they fought the what case. What are we doing? Wait, wait, wait. They fought the case because, as a plaintiff, you couldn't fight the case because you didn't have the expertise or the time or the energy or the resources to build a case to bring to court. Yet. Hold on, hold on. Bring it on home. Yet. Bring it on home. Yet, you're going to complain that as your realtor that you chose to represent your house, to sell your house, because you don't have the time or the energy or the knowledge or the resources to do so, that they're going to make 2.5% on that because you're paying somebody to help you sell the house. That, that's, that's the problem. I'm sorry. If, I, if, if we didn't have if the mics we're, on the listen, stand, man, if we if didn't have the mics on the stand, it would if, we're, if we're a scam, lawyers are a scam, doctors who get paid out by insurance companies are a scam, car salesmen are a scam. I mean, let's just dig into it. We're going to dig in, let's dig like, in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you go to the doctor, yep. and I'm not, I'm not beating them up, and I may be a little bit wrong on this. If you go in for a certain visit, you have insurance. Say you got Medicaid. They're going to bill them fifteen. Hundred dollars for that visit. Mm-hmm. Now, if you come in as a consumer, no insurance, same doctor, same visit, I'm cash, hundred fifty bucks. Right. Well, there's the whole, there's the great there's where the, the great, fuck uh, is? the great example is if I go into an emergency room, right? Like I did with my my wrist when I broke it, and I go under. Uh, they sedated me, did surgery, so on and so forth. And the bill that gets sent to my insurance company is called twenty seven thousand eight hundred dollars. Okay. Jesus. If I turn around and I demand an itemized receipt. Yep. For everything that I paid for on that visit. <laughs> Do you know what down. happens to the bill? <laughs> it goes, it goes down. down by 30 or 40%. Yep. But we're not, there's not a lawsuit for that. 
because, well, that's insurance handles it. It's not thing. The reason that this has been such a big deal, mm-hmm. and we I have said this time and time and time and time again, is that it is such a personal transaction. Yes. Because it is, it is a house that you owned, that you lived in, that you raised your family. It's an emotional transaction, which is totally fine. All that means is if you're that angry about paying for selling that house, make sure you hire somebody that earns that money. Mm-hmm. But again, it, and... Yes. And, and 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 the, and the attorneys knew it was a money grab because I mean there's money in real estate. It was it, there well, just not, is well, not only that. Nar only makes that. a lot of money off of just our memberships. Not they make that. a ton of money, right? So they'll pay us out. But not only that, tell me it was not a money grab that within within five hours. No, no, no. It was it was literally three ten minutes. Ten minutes. They had the forms ready. Ready. So within okay ten minutes of that verdict, they immediately filed another lawsuit against other. Other companies. And you know what one of the other companies was, which I just find this very ironic, mm. was a company that was one of the first to distance, distance themselves from NAR. Yep. Does it rhyme with? Redfin. Menfin. Yep. Oh, I was just going to try to be, all right, no, just call them out. Well, no, Redfin is, because Redfin is yeah. one. But exa- Who do you exactly think is next? Point. Yep. Redfin. Zillow. Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Truly. Well, next door. Yeah. Next but, door. Orchard. Door, though, is like, at the same time, Redfin. Orchard. Yeah, or, the whole, open door. The whole thing, Redfin's They've actually changed their stuff, too. Their whole platform is... You're not going well, to pay as much on your commissions. And, well, and, and again, still you brought up a good point. Um, a class action lawsuit doesn't doesn't provide solutions. Solutions. It's just we're this this fucked up. This can't be allowed again. That's it. That's the class yep. action lawsuit, and we're going to pay out everybody that was affected by mm-hmm. it, or that can file for this class yep. action lawsuit. Which I'm fine um, with. For yeah. for example, mm-hmm. polybutylene piping. In yes. in the 70s and 80s, they yep. built houses with some polybutylene piping that was just pressurized and with time you know you turn it off and on the water the joints get loose and leaks Mm -hmm. class auction lawsuit there was tons of houses remediation needed to be done people got paid out no solution but there was there there was a solution already there copper (laughs) there was other solutions there was copper there was galvanized so in this case this class action lawsuit there is no other solution that exists. Right. There's no other copper piping. Yeah. But but there is a way to, for us to maybe cap mm-hmm. what we're what we charge, which sure. RESPA already does on the lending Correct. side. Yes. It's just a RESPA violation to charge over a certain amount of percentage. Yep. Which okay, let's do it. It's not gonna affect my business no. because I've always had variable no. commissions. Turn around and say, hey, here's the deal. Cap it at six percent. Done. Okay. I cap cool. it at five. Who cares? Whatever. You know, I was selling houses back in the early two thousands that I would, you know, you could charge, we were charging 6% for, for, uh, you know, 3% on each side, 2.3, uh, 3.2 and 2.8. The houses were $180,000. Right. Mm-hmm. We were making pennies on the, on the dime. Mm-hmm. Now, average price is 580, 585, whatever. Dude. So you know what's making, funny about that? Can I, can I say something real quick? I know we're, yeah. we're, we're long, no, but I, this is a good topic. You bring up a great point because that is one of the arguments, right? So one of the arguments is, Commissions have stayed the same, although home values I was, I was go have, have gone up mm-hmm. significantly, yeah. right? So that means, to your point, if I made 5% on a sale in 2003 and I make 5% on a sale in 2023, my house value went from 180000 to 600000 in which case that means that if I was an agent for that all those years, I've now made an infinitely amount more on the same commission on a different house price 10 years down the road. Did I do anything as an agent to do that? No, the home values went up. However, if I am a seller and I sold my house in 03, right? And I bought another house in 04 and then I held on to that house until 2023 and now 
instead of selling that house in 04 and making 190,000, I'm selling it in 2023 and making $900,000, which means I've now made 800,000 more dollars than I would have 20 years ago. I didn't do anything, right? At all. But let's let's do the math, right? 200,000 to 800,000. It's a $600,000 difference. At 5%, $200,000 or sorry, 3%. Commission would be what? Uh, uh, 15,000 or two, no, 200,000, 200,000, 3% commission, nine grand, $9,000. Now 3% commission on 800,000. That is 24,000. Okay. So I've made what, what is that? 24,000 minus nine, $13,000 more. Mm-hmm. So I've made 13,000 more dollars as an agent in 20 years as a home seller. I've made six hundred thousand more dollars. So the homeowner that sold by, in two thousand three, who are they going to sue? And you know what I did? You know what I did? I just lived in the house. Well, and then that's it. Saying, I needed to. I lived in the it's, house. It's, it's right. a beautiful so, correlation between yes. the fact that you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like, there's a, there's come a beautiful on. correlation between the fact that Americans are sitting on the most equity home equity right. in history. Yeah. And 30, what is it? Thirty two trillion dollars. Thirty two trillion. And yeah. now, at this point, now people are going. Hey, wait a second. Where's my money? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a beautiful correlation yeah. between those two things. From right? start to finish, what's the average you help out a buyer? Have what? You, you got a new buyer. Yep. What's the average time of span? Oh, I'd say at least two months minimum. 60 days? Yeah. Let's 90 say 60 days, days sometimes. Yep. I mean, if you get lucky, 30 days? Yep. Average commission, let's call it 10 grand divided by three? Yep. What do you make it? 3,500 a month? Yeah. That's below what I, I mean, used to come make. Come on, guys. Like, yes, if we get lucky and we sell it in one month, that's 10 grand. Awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. Rarely does 30, that happen. 3500 a month. And that doesn't, that doesn't it's like my, my last clients that I had, <laughs> they were looking at houses from Elizabeth to Colorado Springs mm-hmm. over the course of a month. I drove almost 10,000 miles. Where do we live? <laughs> In a month. Where like, do we live? Castle Rock. Okay. I am the Northern Colorado expert. Yeah. I, I, I pay a lot of money to E470. My, my because next, I'm always up in Bertha, you, or, um, yeah. Brian, Lockbuoy, Henderson, Arvada, Northland, Westminster. I'm in your neck. For my Colorado natives, time. my next listing is in Deer Trail. I will, I will give somebody a $20 Starbucks gift card <laughs> if you can tell me where Deer Trail is without looking it up on a fucking map. Hey, uh, hold on. You make fun of where I sold, what, three houses now? Yeah. Hugo, Hugo Colorado. I know. I'll give you another... 10 bucks yeah. in Starbucks <laughs> if you tell me where that is or point, tell me where their title company but is. But to your point, like that, and I think this is a great point that a lot of people don't realize from a buyer's agent standpoint, like if I'm a listing agent, right, and listing agents do put in a lot of work, they spend a lot of their own money on marketing, mm-hmm. they negotiate, they follow up, the good ones do, right? They reverse prospect, all that kind of stuff. However, what they can do as a listing agent is I can do probably four or five times the amount of business strictly as a listing agent as I do as a buyer's agent. Absolutely. Because if I'm spending... An hour driving there, an hour with the client, an hour driving back. That's three hours of my day that I can't build other business with. If I'm showing houses for four to six hours a day, all I'm doing is I'm with those clients, right? right. I'm not answering phone calls from other clients because that is my fiduciary duty is for them as the buyers. If I spend six hours a day, three days a week, that's 18 hours that I'm not spending building the rest of my business. So the compensation has never been and again, the same. You can't be at two places at once. Exactly. And a listing agent can have 10, 20, 30 listings at one time. Correct. We could only have so many buyers and we can't be at two places at one time. Exactly. If you're doing four, four, four hours a day with one client, yep. you have two clients, you could do two clients a day. That's an eight hour day or maybe three clients if you don't eat. Yep. And you're maybe yep. showing maybe three properties. Well, and 
I love I love it. And, and and the reason I say that is because guys like you know we always we introduce spend the day with and, me. Well, is all and, I'm saying. And, yeah. and not only that, but we always talk about the show as we're three realtors that enjoy bourbon and just talk about real mm-hmm. estate while we do it. Right. Welcome. This yep. is the conversation that would have been had. Cameras on, cameras off, right? And, and that's oh, cameras that, are on, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this is the conversation that would have been had. So, like, thank you guys for sitting with us and, and you know seeing how we handled it and how we think about it. Because at the end of the day, and as somebody who, again, before I got into real estate, I I thought this was going to be you know like not not selling wise, not money earning wise, but I got into this because I want to help people. Mm-hmm. I loved selling in, in Best Buys and seeing the look on people's faces when their kids saw the TV that they bought or this awesome camera that they're just going to start this new business with. I got in for that reason. Yep. And when I did get in, seeing how many people have a disdain for real estate agents strictly because we make commission off of buying and selling homes blew my mind, right? But to anybody who's listening, to anybody who's watching, thank you for watching through it and, and being here with us because like these are the struggles, these are the pain points, the thoughts that go through our head and it's good for us to get this out and for you to see this, right? Because at the end of the day, and, and, and here, I'm going to move into the, well, you guys okay? If we well, hold on. I, I, one, one more quick, yeah, quick, quick, quick point is, um, and then there's a downside to the commission side, mm-hmm. right? I worked for three months, three months, two different clients, three months, and it didn't happen. Yep. It just canceled. I'm not, I'm not going to close on them, nothing. I worked for three months for free. Yep. Well, not, back. not for free. Were they listings? Uh, one was listing. Did you spend money on photography? Uh, I lost money. Not only did I was it for free, right. I lost eighteen hundred dollars. Not not to mention gas and all that yes. other stuff. Yep. Yes. Uh, the broker open that I did, you were there. Yep. Um, so imagine going and working your nine to five and giving away for three months, bucks. and and they're saying, hold on, we'll pay you in three months. Don't take a don't take money yep. right now. You, in three months, we're gonna get you paid. You worked your nine to five for those three months, and after the end of the three months, they were like, eh, sorry, we're not gonna pay you. Oh, but I work a labor job. Wait, I no, do. No, no, and, no. And, hey, sorry, we're not gonna pay you. Also, you owe me twenty five hundred dollars. Right, and you owe me twenty. And oh no, no. And during that time you were working, you spent money on gas and a bunch yes. of other stuff for the company. And we're not gonna reimburse you. And we're not gonna reimburse you. And yep. you owe us twenty five hundred dollars. You don't see that side. Yep. Yep. But because and we don't complain about that, no, we take but, it but, the way it is. And that's exactly. I think that's a good good segue into the into the one rock takeaway for today's episode. I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so excited. Right. <laughs> Uh, you gonna start it? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take it. And I'm gonna start this with ignorance of the law is no excuse. And that is the base level. If you go to a court and you basically say, hey, I didn't know it was illegal for me to steal this car. They're gonna look at you and go, well, you should have found out because now you're getting, you're going to jail, right? Can, and- we, can we play the Dave Chappelle uh, <laughs> stand up where he's with his, uh, his friend? He goes, it's great having a, uh, a white friend. Yeah, the car, Dave, the driving in the car. Yeah. I'm going to race him. Yep. <laughs> and we get pulled over. And I swear to God, this man gets pulled over. The officer goes, tries to arrest him. And this was his response. I'm sorry, sir. I didn't know I couldn't do that. I, I didn't right? know I couldn't you do that. You didn't know you couldn't do that? Yep. <laughs> well, and, and the reason I say that is because where I will, I will agree to what Jameson said earlier in the episode where it became a compliance. It became... A, complacent. A, a, well, yeah, complacent. Yes. But, but what I mean by compliance too is is just NAR went, hey, people aren't looking into this, so Correct. we're yep. gonna. This is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happened. But at the end of the day, really, self accountability. And since being in the industry, realizing how many people know literally nothing about how a real estate transaction works. Okay. I, it 
kills me that it's been, hey, we didn't know that we could, we could, um, I'm sorry, officer. I didn't yeah, know I, I didn't know do that. I do that. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I didn't know I could negotiate my commission. Yes. At the end of the day. Also, again, and if you're an agent and you don't, yes, if you, you disclose don't, that, you don't show that and you don't explain that to your client, fuck you. You're the reason we're in this position yep. and it's bullshit. And, get the com- out. and the company you work for. Yes. Get out. You and the yeah. horse you rode in. Yes. Was, right. Like it's, and, and, and so where I do feel, I do feel it like, Hey, yeah, stuff was happening. But at the end of the day, it's your responsibility. And I'm sorry, but I've heard it way too many times from way too many people. Man, I had a horrible time during my real estate transaction. I asked him, where'd you find your agent? Oh, well, I just went with the agent that Zillow or Redfin recommended me. I had a client say, this agent was yelling at me. That Can is, they do that? I was like, no. no you should have fired end, her but, right there and then. But, but at the end of the day. It was a her. But at the end of the day, it is your responsibility. Mm. It is your responsibility to vet your agents, ask the right questions, know how it works, and I'm sorry, but if you're ignorant to the fact that you can't negotiate your commission, you shouldn't have started doing a real estate transaction in the first place. I'm done. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from there because right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit easier. <laughs> As a general public, you you don't know and you probably shouldn't have to know. But if you are diving in, you probably do a little bit of homework. But if you don't want to, you gotta look for an agent like me. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold your hand from day one until forever. Even after we close, call me. Stuff happens, call me. That's just the, the, the person that I am in my personal life. Uh, second of all, you know, if you had a bad experience, that should flicker on something to say, hey, maybe I should have vetted something or I should do a little bit more research on it. Um, so my, my, rock, my rock takeaway from all of this in the, in the lawsuit um, is, you know, the people that are being affected – is not NAR or the big corporations. It's us, the agents. And we are just like you. We work for our money. We're hardworking Americans. And we have families. We're someone's brother, sister, cousin, uncles, father. We're just like you, trying to make a living. Some are very successful at it. And some have three jobs because they can't make it happen. Mm-hmm. So don't badger the agents. NAR, they have our backs, and the best interest is the general public. Spend a day with me. We're not evil people trying to take your money because I've taken so many losses in this business as of I've made good money too, but because I'm good at what I do. All right. <laughs> I, I, I know I switch position totally on how I usually do one rock takeaways and, and my normal head stance. I just, I, I'm sorry. It just, it just bothers me so much that I can't, I can't just take responsibility people. Like the fact that you didn't know is not an excuse. Look into it. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. I'm going to try that. I didn't know I couldn't do it. You officer. Uh, you have to be white. I'm not fucking white. I'm going to end up in jail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You come bail me guys. Uh, you guys should watch that. It's Chappelle's kid. It's, it's fucking fantastic. It anyway, here's my rock takeaway, right? I, Cause I think a lot of, a lot of the general public will go, okay, well here, I have a solution. Just make all real estate agents salary or hourly employees. Okay. Here's what, here's why you guys want us to continue to be commission-based because when you are buying an asset in a free market, there is negotiation that will always happen. And the other piece of this is because of the way this industry is structured, it's not like you can, to use your Best Buy example, right? It's not like I can walk into a Best Buy and I know their hours are 10 to eight. 
Okay. And I can go walk in and I know that they have a sale price on this TV during Black Friday. So I'm going to buy it for this price. I'm going to take that TV. I'm going to go to the cashier. I'm going to pay, get my receipt. I'm going to walk out. Okay. If I have an issue, I either have insurance on it or I don't. If I don't go fuck yourself. Real estate (laughs) is such a fluid transaction from start to finish. Imagine a world where you're dealing with an entire industry of hourly or salary agents that work 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And after 5 p.m., they don't answer their phones. Or if you ask them for certain recommendations, they don't feel the need to give you the same level of service because no matter what happens in that transaction, they're going to get paid. To Oscar's point, what happens if Oscar goes and tries to fight for those three transactions, but he's going to get salary no matter what, whether he wins the transaction or loses, he's going to make his $80,000 a year. Do you think that person is going to fight for you every step of the way to make sure it happens? On top of that, because we are commission, right, and we aren't salary, our business is based on referrals and referrals alone. You can buy leads, sure, but the point is you treat that customer right, they're going to refer you to somebody else. That's how we build our business. If we're not commission, if we're salary, what incentive do I have to build a customer base and to provide a level of service that is going to give me more business in the future if I know I'm going to make the same no matter what, mm-hmm. right? If I'm commissioned, I know that my livelihood is based on how well I take care of my clients, not only during the transaction itself, but after the transaction. And then if they, re- if they refer their kids to me or their sister or their brother or their aunt, I have to make sure that I am taking care of them because that is my lifeblood. That's how I make a living. There is a company that pays their agents' salary. Exactly. Look at their reviews. That's all. That, that's what I'm saying. So when when you look at it, yes, your commissions are negotiable, but understand you don't want it to go away where we're salary based because if you send me an inspection report, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I don't really give a fuck. You know why? Because if I make you more money or less money on this house, I'm going to get paid the same. I don't give. I, I don't care. Over. Everybody's I don't been care. complaining about about fast food workers and everything. Like, oh, when I go in, my experience isn't the same. People who are complaining about them getting paid and the service that they're not getting are the exact same people right. who are saying, "I want my money." So just well, understand to prove your point. Orchard, you said you dealt with them. Orchard, orchard for legal purposes. Orchard, <laughs> oh, orchard. Yeah, the views and demands of this. Uh, um, I have. Yep. That same example there, mm-hmm. they have people working, uh, it, their contract states that you're going to have multiple people working on your, on your file. They, they're probably salaried. My client tried to get a hold of their agent and they got a response saying, sorry for the late email, but that person no longer works with us. And here's your new representative. And the other one said, oh, I was on vacation. So we have time sensitive shit right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have three days to put earner's money yes. in. You, uh, you're going, I'm on a contract with <laughs> him here in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. understand that, like, that is why. So from a, point, from a buyer's saying. agent standpoint, and this is why I think the market's going to dictate that buyer's agents get paid regardless because you, you just, you, the general public can't go through, not your fault, a real estate transaction and effectively purchase a house to the best of their ability. Having a fiduciary matters. Having a fiduciary on commission matters even more. Guys, I just 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 spend the three hundred and fifty dollars and go through the course for. Three or months. yes, so that was yeah. my so my second piece of this yeah. is. Eighty eight percent of people I choose seventeen hundred bucks. Eighty eight percent of people choose to use an agent. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you don't love that you're giving away some of your hard earned money on the house that you built 
by hand. The auto people, he's um, quotations. Right? By there. hand, quote unquote, then just choose to be part of the 12% that choose not to use an agent for representation and go about your business. Let's do it. It's okay. not going to hurt my feelings mm -hmm. whatsoever. I support you. 100%. A shit ton. And, and you know what? If you can do it successfully, you yeah. have learned a valuable life that's, skill. And that's what I'm saying. So just, by all means. Just learn. As long do as it. you're learning, I'm happy with but it. But understand that you guys have always had a choice. Like yep. Everybody's always had a choice whether to use an agent or not use an agent. Exercise that choice. That's it. Yes. So that's my Absolutely. takeaway. All right. All right. I'm going to saw it out. I'm going to saw it out. Yeah, this was a good one. It you was guys a good got one. to see. You guys got to see. Business Charlie, not, yeah, not the not the the hippie happy go. Yeah, I didn't. Charlie, uh, so. I didn't hear one mention of humanity. <laughs> yeah, or no. or or yeah, I, anything. I, I, yeah, not not yeah. not with some. I, I'm yeah. sorry, but not with something like this. I, I just, no. And it's funny because four year ago, me, Chad Charlie, if he was watching the video of me talking that right now, he'd be like, "You capitalist pig." Yep. <laughs> you you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I get it. I hundred percent get it, guys. But at the end of the day. It's $350 in three months of your time. If you're willing to do it, go, go for do it. it. Damn, it's a great career. Again, right? I, it was. Yeah, mine was 700 but Back yeah. in 04, but, right. I paid $1,700. Right? Yeah, mine was $1,700. But, but that, my whole point. six months. But my whole point, it's that class. easy now. It's that easy to learn. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You can do it at your own time. But anyway. It, I digress. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Let's go ahead and jump into the bourbon review. For Thank today's you, episode. Old elk. Thank you, old elk. Well, um, this conversation had me stressed for a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I actually did my own research on, yeah. on the whole lawsuit. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, this isn't going to happen this year. You know what, though? I, I do. This is a, is a closing statement, right? I, I'm glad. Again, I keep going back to I'm glad this lawsuit happened. Yes. Because I think having an open dialogue about any industry whatsoever when it comes to a consumer is never a bad thing. No. Mm. Um, and our job is to educate you guys, mm -hmm. you know, and yes, do we have a little bit of a bias because we are in the industry? Of course we are, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you guys would yeah, in whatever industry defensive. that you're that you're a part of. But I think open, honest, transparent communication mm -hmm. between buyers, sellers, buyers, agents, and sellers, agents will only make the marketplace better mm -hmm. in the long run. Shit, and it's going to lead- Next time oh. I get a haircut, I'm going to go try to, oh. uh, I'm, I'm going to negotiate that shit. Well, and it's, it's going <laughs> to well, lead, well, but, but it's going to lead to innovation. Yep. And I think to your point, Oscar, and you saying, oh, 350 bucks, go get the license, do whatever you want. It's going to weed out mm -hmm. the shitty agents. Mm -hmm. It will. And so. I'm okay with that because then as a consumer, now your choices are like, instead of having to say, okay, I could either draft- whoever the starting QB for the Bears is right now, Tyler, Tyler Badgett, or I could do Aaron Rodgers, or I could do Josh Dobbs, or I could do Ruffalo. Brock Osweiler. Now it's like I can choose between Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and you guys win. Like, yeah. to me, that's fucking fantastic, I think. Well, and it's... <laughs> I just think it's fantastic. For, for the segue of the year, you guys ready for this one? Let's do it. Just like this lawsuit is going to bring transparency to the real estate market. We are bringing you transparency on this old elk bottle. Even though this was supplied to us, we're giving you our unfiltered review and opinion. You could also do it as just as the real estate industry got served, we are serving you old elk meat. <laughs> me, 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 me. Just like the market went awry. Ooh. Ooh. Drinking. Ira, awry. He's available for your marketing. <laughs> wow. Look at that. <laughs> See what we can do to sell your house? Goddamn. Come on. At the end of the day, let me help you, man. Yeah, I'm come on. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. My, my slogan is... Fun, knowledgeable, and I'll get it done. I mean, That's come awesome. on. I just had a little bit of fun. That's great. Behind closed doors, I'm no fun. I, <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're negotiating with an agent, I'm, but my I, clients, I'm fun. I will say that this, 
it, it definitely opened up yes, very, very well. Yes, um, and just another testament. And, it, and it's, it's the burns. You know what? The burns still there though. It is the it burns is, still there, the which is, released. which is kind of not, I like, no, exactly. Well, I, again, if you're going to, if you're going to have, cause a, it's tenacious like us as yeah. realtors. Wow. Yeah. Look at that, man. <laughs> we go have, all day. If you're going to have a rye, it's going, you want it to, you yes. want it to have that little bit of yep. a burn because that, that's a staple of rye. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, it is still can, can I just throw this out there? I, yeah. I got like syrupy pancakes. Yeah. It opened well, up to like syrupy pancakes. I, the sweetness punched through with the open. Yes. Syrupy pancakes that were made out of sourdough. But I think that makes sense because what happens is those sugars are contained, right? Yeah. Once you open it, they start interacting with the air and they open mm -hmm. up. Chemistry so it both. should have Chemistry. some sort of evolution towards a yeah. lot more. So I'm getting the vanilla that I said I could kind of get. Yep. Now, it's not hit me in the face, but it it's is there. very pleasant. It's there. It is Absolutely. Like this. This definitely opened up to more of a more of a complex yes. drink than it did uh, at, at the beginning. I, mean, I would say more complex in a um, a more sippable rye. Yeah, than I've oh, had in a yeah. While. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I will drink this all day. Yeah. Uh, now that the interesting part is, if you would have handed me this this neck pour and oh, been like, God. "Hey, mm -hmm. how is this bourbon?" I would have told you it was horrible. You, mm -hmm. you watched what I did. <laughs> yeah, I was I like, did. ooh, well, yeah, I did yeah, not. Yeah. I did not like that neck pour. What the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> <laughs> did not like that neck pour at yeah. all. But as it sat, as it's open, and I'm interested to try JC's pour. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's it opened up. The, the I still don't think it has the complexity of smoke wagon. No, but it is the closest. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm speaking out of turn. Well, no, it, it's. The nose also opened up. The, the the heat on the nose goes away after a little bit, but I mean, I for as as a rye. I goes, have a question. Yeah, and maybe we can ask them. Okay. Okay, and I, I'm saying this only because we just brought up smoke wagon. They're based in Fort Collins. Mm -hmm. Okay, but are they getting their bourbon from somewhere else, or are they producing it in Fort Collins? That's a good question. Because. Smoke Wagon, the reason their shit is so good mm -hmm. is their master tasters go out to Heaven Hill mm -hmm. and they handpick barrels and then they remix those barrels. They don't distill their own whiskey. Well, yep. I guess they distill it. They don't create yep. their own whiskey. They distill. They finish it. They finish mm -hmm. the barrels. They don't start the fight. They finish it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm wondering if these guys start. bring in and actually From make their own bourbon. I would, I would based on the master distiller being in it for 20 some years, I would say that they trust. And again, this is me speaking at a turn. I can reach out. I'll reach out and ask, but I would, I would think that they're going to go and he's going to specially choose certain barrels. Right. So of, very yeah. similar to the smoke wagon. Yeah. Is what, that would be what I assume. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Especially because if you have, if you have 20 plus years in the industry and I mean, we've only been doing this, you know what you're year, tasting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at the same time, like I said, is I can taste differences now, which, Hey guys, can, can I just, what are we on episode 45? 45, yeah. 45. I'm just going to throw this out there. I personally, like as we continue to, this mm -hmm. evolves, I kind of want to, I kind of want to make our own whiskey. Think about it. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I kind of want to see it. <laughs> I kind of want to go in and just, you know, buy a barrel together and distill like a mile high perspective. We got some, bourbon. We got some I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. I, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like I just, you know, anyway, um, I was thinking about that. The other day. I'm like, the, man, this would be cool to right? like have a, but yeah. as far as the flavor goes, after it opens, the nose dies down significantly. It, it's not as it's not as burn forward on the nose. I get a lot more sweet. I don't know, man. It, you go it all the way in. in. Yeah, the go nose. all the way in. It's I'm going all the way in. I'm going all the way in. Charlie's drunk. No. 
it's there, but it's not not like it was at first. No, that, it, that, it, that, it died in a little saying. bit. Yeah, it, died it, little it died, but to your point, it it died on the nose, but not enough for me to go. Oh, it's not a rye anymore. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Yes. It is it still holds the profile that you would think of a rye, mm-hmm. but based on the neck pour plus the first first open, the beginning of the episode, totally different on the nose for yep. me. Um, sweetness punches through. I definitely get more of, of that pie. What, like mm-hmm. the, the roundness of the pie where you get the sweetness, but then you also get the the, the bread and, and yep. the whatever it is, the, the crust of it. Um, the flavor again, it's sitting in it's sitting a lot heavier on the sweetness for me. Um, after the open. Yeah, spice is still heavy though. That that did not die off at all. But it 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 went off the I would say it it's now focused on the center of my tongue. Mm-hmm. And the roof of my mouth, not yeah. even. I don't have anything on the side on the side of my tongue. It's all right down the center of my tongue on the on the flavor. Are we? What about you? What's going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, mine's roof. roof see, of the mouth. W- with me, um, the nose toned down. Mm. This is still it's still singy, but to the point where when we first did it, I couldn't I couldn't smell anything because it was just in my face. <laughs> yep. Now it's it's still strong. But I can I can actually I could see the the apricots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it it toned the burn down all the way. It's mm-hmm. not burning at all. Mm-hmm. It's still spicy, mm-hmm. so yeah. you can still get that. <clears throat> but it's no burn. Yep. It 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 is very palatable at this yep. point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I think uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it give it my rock rating. You guys ready for the rock yeah, rating? Well, hey, off. real quick though, for the, the people, burns, I got the tip of the tongue. Yeah. How do, how's the rock rating work? So the rock rating is on a scale of one to ten, and that is because the more rocks, more ice cubes you put in a bourbon, usually the worse it is because you need to water it down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a little hard to, to for us to to measure on that sometimes because we do enjoy eating every single bourbon that we drink. All 44 episodes, 45 episodes are neat mm-hmm. and we, we tried it once with a drop of water but every single one has been neat yep. um so it, it's it it's definitely an interesting gauge but one to i ten, guess it's one of those where like i look at it from a if i'm gonna give this to somebody yeah exactly you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, we absolutely. yes we drink it neat but if i'm gonna give it to a first yes. time bourbon drinker mm-hmm. am i gonna give it to him with one rock or ten rocks yep well and and it's funny because you know we talk about mm. it often Slushy. right yeah like, we, we talk about it often like it, sonic it's ice versus versus you know like me drinking it or us drinking it, people who drink bourbon yeah. versus giving it to somebody new and, and how they would react to it. Um, like I said, it was an eye opener for me. I thought something was smooth, gave it to somebody who doesn't drink bourbon. He goes, Oh, I can start my car. You know, like that was an eye opener for me. I, I, and it's with, with bottles like this, especially old elk where they, where they have a special proofing process where they, they have years of experience and they know what they're doing to, to build this. I genuinely appreciate the, the ability that I have acquired from drinking bourbon to be able to taste the, the nuances and flavors and go through mm-hmm. and, and taste the differences because on a bottle like this, if I was not able to do it, that first, this, if I took a first sip the of this bottle. The next pour would have killed it for you. Yeah. If, yep. if I, if I took a first sip of this bottle, that bottle would sit yeah. for a long time. Yep. And there's just so many factors that go into the ratings on it. Right. Um, for me, I, you know, I'm a sweeter palate. I, I don't necessarily, I don't want to say I don't like rye, but rye are a bit more sour for me. They, mm-hmm. they, they you know, they, they scrunch my mouth up a little bit more. Um, so I tend to be a little bit heavier on them. If, if I'm going to rate this one against, you know, other rye that we've had versus just an overall, I would have given it a higher rating. 
but I always do my rating from a, hey, we're giving you information, go try this bourbon. Drinkability. Drinkability, exactly. I'm, I'm sitting more with this. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to give it a 4.2 on, on, the, on my rack rating for it. Uh, specifically because, again, just if somebody Wait, who's layman's went and picked this up, didn't let it open, just poured it out, I think that they would, they would be put back by mm-hmm. the heat, by the riot. Sure, yep, um, agreed. I do enjoy the flavor. I think the flavor is great. I do think, and it could just be this bottle, I do think that the, the heat overpowers a lot of the flavor that they could have pulled from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could have done a little bit better. So maybe this would be good with, with a rock, you know, like a big ice cube, one, yes. one big solid rock or, or, or a ball or even a couple drops of water. But neat, right out of the gate, yeah, I'm going 4.2. Um, I, I want to say that if you're going to drink it straight out of the bottle, don't let it open up, definitely do at least one or two cubes. Yep. If, house cubes. Um, if you have solid rocks, just let it chill for a little bit and let it water down. It'll open up. I think it opened up beautifully for me. It really did. The spice, the pepperiness is still there mm-hmm. towards the end. Um, but all the flavor profiles have opened up. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I could taste the caramel. I can now taste what they described. And it, 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 it really did open up beautifully for me. Um, if you would have, if you if you would have had me rate it when you first poured the neck pour, I would have been like, mm, you know what? It's not garbage, but it it sucks. Yeah. Uh, but it opened up beautifully. Um, I'm gonna give it a rock rating of hell. I'm gonna go four. Four. Maybe because it's a rye, I might even go three and a half. Yeah. I wish this is where we need to figure out where uh, we rated that smoke wagon. Yeah. The small batch rye. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think it's funny. I, <laughs> I don't think a smoke wagon got past three point five for us. Any, I don't think any of the smoke. Yeah, wagons. I don't think it. And I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I I still th- I still like smoke wagon better. Yep. Which is why I asked about how they distill it. Um, I just always think it's funny because our palates, where it's literally like we are the Goldilocks of <laughs> of bourbon drinkers because yeah. you are. <laughs> more rye and you like the burn you are very you're sweet mm-hmm. and just so sweet thank you uh <laughs> i feel like puckers. i'm kind of i'm kind of in the middle yep. of you guys and our ratings if you i bet you historically if you look back yeah. it probably reflects that because i am right in between like a three and a half and a four and a half mm-hmm. so i kind of want to go like a four but i just i don't think it's that far off from the smoke wagon mm-hmm. because it's a rye but for me when as it opened up I would describe it as a, I agree with the neck port itself, overpowering, mm-hmm. 100%. Like that burn, if you don't let this sit, it, was it, it almost distracts you from how good this bourbon is. But now that it's opened up, I see it as just kind of a delicate rye. Mm-hmm. Like something that, yes, it's I got agree. the punch, but it also has the nuances of I, the cinnamon, the vanilla opened up for me. I knew it was going to open up because just based on the legs, yeah. like the sugar's there. So the sweetness and the caramel is there. Mm-hmm. And I'm drinking this neat. If I put it on a rock, I think it would open way up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with like a probably 3.75. 3.75. If I rate it as a rye, not as an overall drinker. I'm right there with both of you. Yeah, I think three seven five for sure. But I'm just trying to. I'm thinking back on the rise that we've had. And, and, and again, the burn is not even a. That's it's, it's right. A peppery. Yes, yeah. that peppery and that is burn. what's changed my mind because it's not I an look alcohol at, burn. It's a peppery. Yes, burn. I look mm-hmm. at some of the rise we've had, and there's been some rise, and I'm like, oh, man, it, it's not hard to drink because I enjoy bourbon, but if I put myself in somebody else's shoes, it's it's overpowering. This opened up to where now the burn almost complements 
the rest of it yeah. because it goes from one extreme to another. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that. And that's why I say it's delicate because I go from this immediate burn to where it's center of the tongue, but then the aftertaste is a little bit sweet. I get that vanilla. And as I've drank it over the course of, you know, an hour and a half, it's gotten better. And mm-hmm. to me, that's, that's the mark of a good bourbon yeah. is if I can drink it over time and it gets better, yeah, I'm good. So I, and, yeah, three, seven, and, and to your yeah. point, um, something that's in that is complex and, and delicate I like the burn, right? Yeah. Booker's is a good example. That yes. thing's going to be <clears throat> right. punching yeah. your face that I like the whole time. Yep. It doesn't evolve. It is what it is. You could let it open up. You, you got to tone it down with water if you don't Wide like it. Wide open? But no. It, it, Booker's it, a good example burn. of that. It, it's, yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, it, 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 here, it, just, yeah, it, it knows it. It, it turns keeps, into something else. We're, we're, no, but if it you're keeps listening on audio, we just picked up Jason's glass, which has been open this whole time. It keeps, it keeps the, um, the, characteristics of a rye which is great but yeah i don't know i don't know 375 i like it i I think it's great hold out thank you guys so much for sending this to us this is it's awesome i'm excited to try the other two because we do have like a a bold rye yeah like a they have a bold rye yeah i'm excited for the hold on straight wasn't good enough (laughs) yeah no (laughs) yeah i'm excited for the blind taste test between those four because that'd be good Mm -hmm. um before we sign off yep i do want to say this this week marks and you see his glass there every single week. It's mm-hmm. JC Ortega. See the Metro 5280 behind us. This week marks his birthday. So we don't have an episode. This is the episode before his birthday. Mm-hmm. We don't, And the next one we have is after. So his birthday is November 13th. And uh, he was one of the ones, obviously, that pioneered this for us. So I wanted to just say happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Would have been birthday, 38 man. this year. And, happy birthday, uh, JC. He's the reason that we I met. Yep. Mm-hmm. These two. It's the reason that this has happened. Yeah. yeah. So just want to say happy birthday. Love you, man. He sold me my house. Yep. He was a listing agent. Happy birthday. Salute, man. Cheers, JC. And on that note, guys, thank you for sticking around with us for an hour and a half. I know this went long, but we're very happy to have you guys. Thank you guys for sitting with us and enjoying bourbon with us, giving us your, your feedback, all of that. Remember, you can catch us on YouTube at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective. We drop our audio on all uh, platforms. That's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora even. Um, And you can catch us there every Friday. We drop the audio. And then Monday to Wednesday, we'll drop our video on YouTube. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Send us an email at res or resotr at themilehighperspective.com or give us a ring or a text, whatever's easiest for you. 303-578-0263. 303-578-0263. Guys, it's been a pleasure. It was yep. an awesome episode. If you guys want to have this conversation with us in person, reach out. We're more than happy. No, absolutely. On that note, cheers. We'll catch you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Colorado, The Mile High Perspective.